0: You're listening to My Cryptid Vacation, Episode 4. In all honesty, the Santa Cruz mystery spot isn't where I thought I was going to end up when we departed from the Willow Creek China Flat Museum. First off, I mean Santa Cruz, and second, I'm already stretching the function of this trip by including the Oregon Vortex, as the first episode, no less. When I arrived in Felton, California, I discovered for the second-and final-time this trip that my information on the open hours of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum had been incorrect. Not only would I not be able to make it to the museum the day I arrived, but it would also be closed the next day when I left back to school in Oregon, necessitating some sort of workaround. But that's for next episode. In town for a day, with less than nothing to do, I searched for something that I could at least justify exploring for this project, and stumbled upon the attraction mentioned by those folks at the Oregon Vortex, the Santa Cruz Mystery Spot. I decided to make a day of it, and turn this stroke of bad luck into a compare and contrast between the two Gravity Hill locations. And whatever my initial apprehensions, I'm very, very glad I went. Stay tuned for some background on the Santa Cruz mystery spot, and maybe the most revealing interview of this trip, in this episode of My Cryptid Vacation. was discovered in 1939 and opened to the public in 1940 or 41. It has, to the best of my knowledge, not been closed since. As of 2014, the location is a California historical landmark. We wove through the tall trees before arriving at a populated parking lot, decked out in American flags and other forms of patriotic swag, leftovers from a very busy Memorial Day. Tickets were $10, no refunds, of course, and we were swept up into a tour that included elements of stand-up, musical comedy, and references to popular internet memes, a Gen Z spin on a rather old attraction. Explanations for the phenomena of the Santa Cruz mystery spot vary, and some, not all, are completely off-the-wall bonkers. Between explanations listed by the tour guide and those that I found on the spot's website, here are some vaguely official explanations. Metal cones are buried deep underground as a routing system for alien spacecraft. A magma vortex sits under this earthquake-prone California crust. Natural gas, not like actual natural gas, but naturally occurring gases, are leaking into the area and causing hallucinations. There's a high concentration of dielectric biocosmic radiation. Don't look it up, it's not a real thing. There's an actual alien spaceship buried under the hill. A psychic effect inducing radiesthesia, the extrasensory perception of radiation detection. Radiesthesia is also allegedly related to just sensing things, like running water underground or physical illness. Carbon dioxide leaking from underground. And my favorite, which is unknown, in quotes, forces. Just forces. As far as I could tell, there is not an equivalent document to Lister's notes on the Oregon Vortex for the Santa Cruz mystery spot. Unfortunately. (laughs) started with a bit of group debriefing and information about the location and local legends before I and the tour group walked up a hill to a now recognizable house, virtually the same structure that had greeted us in Oregon. The tour guide was a young man who incorporated modern internet age references into the canned presentation, stopping occasionally to play music on a speaker that he carried with him. The tour itself followed some familiar beats. No one could balance inside the house. There is a plumb line hung to demonstrate up and down, and we all ooed and odd when a volunteer's water bottle, well, the water inside the bottle, seemed to flow uphill against the excellently named Board of Mystery. The tour itself followed some familiar beats. No one could balance inside the house, a plumb line hung to demonstrate up and down, and we all ooed and odd when a volunteer's water bottle, well, the water inside the bottle, seemed to flow uphill against the aptly named Board of Mystery that we just checked with a level. Volunteers also had time to test out billiard balls against that bewildering board. I saw a compass app out that was kind of lazily spinning. Inside the house, kids bounced around, the tour group took pictures in wacky poses, and we eventually stepped out onto a flat plank on the far side of the house, virtually the same setup as the Oregon Vortex at the same time as the next group arrived at the house. Quick turnaround on those tours. The tour ended with a few more optical tricks, this time supervised by some very excited and adorable child scientists in the group. With that, the guide took tips, handed out bumper stickers, and we'd experience the Santa Cruz mystery spot in all its mysterious glory. Possible for me to talk about the mystery spot without comparisons to the Oregon Vortex, which is the point of this episode, so I'll just hang my hat on a few things of note. However similar the house looked to the House of Mystery, the guide assured us that it had actually been built as a residence by George Prather, the original owner of the property. That is, until a freak storm damaged it in 1940 and it sank, now reinforced with beams and wires for safety to the perilous and anomalous location where it now remains. It is, of course, virtually the same story as the House of Mystery. There's no way the decrepit shack in Santa Cruz was ever tenable as a residence, but the ancient building sunk into disrepair shtick is mysterious and effective. It's still a Gravity Hill location, and you can't have a Gravity Hill without a hill. The positioning of the house tucked on the slope complete with tall fences and signs to block sightlines that could allow visitors to properly orient themselves, is essential for the attraction, as well as pretty tastefully executed. The mystery spot is more decked out in general than the Vortex. There's more parking, nature trails around the location, more frequent and larger tour groups, and orders of magnitude more employees. The tour references are more modern, the workers are much younger, generally. More kids are on the tour, from tweens to infants. And between the scattershot explanations for the phenomena and lack of metallic or magnetic tricks as part of the tour, no rare earth magnet, for example, the mystery spot seems to care less if you think it's real or not. The mystery spot knows that some people are just here for the experience, the showmanship, and spends less time trying to fight from a scientific or historical perspective. Of course, we had to check the gift shop. The well-stocked shop was filled to the brim with merchandise, mostly bearing the expected, and extremely well-advertised, Mystery Spot logo. I mean, with complimentary bumper stickers provided for us on the tour, someone in this advertising department deserves a raise. Well, and based on the interview with the employee, probably got one. What I didn't expect was the huge amount of Bigfoot merchandise. Sure, there were Bigfoot magnets labeled Mystery Spot in elegant cursive, but there were also items with no mention of the Mystery Spot, like Bigfoot plushies, meditating rubber Bigfoots, Bigfoot travel mugs, the whole nine yards. We see here Bigfoot not as a creature, but a symbol of playfulness, doubt, mystery, and maybe even a little bit of camp. The mere image of the creature invokes the what-if that attractions like this so often bank on conveying. I had the great fortune of speaking with a mystery spot employee at length about his experiences as a worker at the attraction. I spoke with the charming and helpfully gregarious Connor O'Brien Kerr. Kerr was forthcoming about his time at the mystery spot, as well as some of the tricks of the trade, most of which I'd cut out that we might preserve the air of mystery. Most of this episode is simply my interview with Kerr, edited slightly for brevity and omitting a bit at the end of the interview. So, without further ado, here it is. I started off the interview by asking how he had started at this position.
1: I turned 15, and my initial intent was, oh, I'm 15, I can get a job now. My friend, he told me this place was uh, available because I was going to work at the boardwalk, you know? yeah. Most people, most teenagers who work, who are in Santa Cruz area are going to work at the boardwalk because they will hire anyone, and they pay reasonably well. Okay. It, plus, it's just the most well-known place, and there's just, like, a ton of options. So I was going to work there. My friend told me hey work with me here because um, he had a family who worked here so um i i learned about it through him um and i got the i got the job i got interviewed um i wore like a suit and tie and all of that yeah and i i told that to one of my friends who also got hired here and he's like oh i wear like jeans and like a sweat sweatshirt and i'm like oh okay Something very similar happened to me. Uh, I worked as a summer lifeguard,
0: and I was like, I have like my blazer on, and I was like, okay, it's time. And people showed up like ten minutes late, and it was much more casual. Um, yeah. So, I guess just for my my own records, um, what is your name? How long have you worked here? And like, what is your what is your title at the
1: at the, musical, um, or at the mystery boat? My name's Connor O'Brien Kirk. Um, I've worked here for almost two years now. Um I So there I'll I'll explain some things. So there's multiple things you can be certified in, you know, be like working in basically. Yeah. We have canteen right there. Currently, like no one's working there because um it, it pulls resources, it doesn't make in as much income and it's also like no one wants to work in basically. Yeah. It, my, uh, I met my girlfriend here, she she was working there. Um and like she quit, she's like, I wanted to quit so long ago but I also needed the money. <laughs> yeah. Um then there's gift shop, obviously. Um, ticket check back there. Um ticket check specifies in, you know, selling the tickets on mainly weekends. Uh but when summer starts it's probably gonna be used more often. It just takes pressure off of gift shop because on weekdays it's super easy to sell tickets and everything else because you only get a uh like a hundred. 200 people a day Um, tour guide obviously that's everyone almost everyone is trained in tour guide when they first start here it's like I always say like every marine starts off as a rifleman every person here starts off as a tour guide Every now and again, there's, um, special, special cases. We're pretty laxed here, you know? It's not like a big corporation. We're owned by, um... We're privately owned this, yeah. So we're privately owned by Christopher Smith, currently. And there have been three owners of this place. It was originally, um... Made and, I guess, founded by George Prather in 1938. It was passed to his son later, um... I, I forget his name. It, like, Gray and or something like that. I, I don't know the first name, though. And then in late 1990s, um, like, yeah, mid to late 1990s, was sold to our current owner, Christopher Smith. Um, he's been running it ever since. Still comes in, you know. Uh, he's like an old man so he'll probably pass it off to our top dog manager uh, Eric uh, and his wife after he, he dies or retires he, he's gonna die first he, he will work until he dies <laughs> it's, it's a of, dedication oh yeah not when you're an employee here no, he's strict he like uh, he, he was uh marine in Vietnam and like still still holds up those traditions you know wow um so, yeah, privately owned. Um, he's probably not going to sell it. Uh, like, in 2000, he listed this place for, like, a million dollars he'd sell it off for. Because this place racks in, like, a lot of money. Yeah. So, on... Um, I I am trained in Ticket Shack, Gift Shop, Tour Guides... Oh, phones is also another thing, you know. Everyone, everyone here knows how to pick up the phone and, te- like... At least help people to a certain extent, um, and manager too. But that's kind of been expected. So I'm gift shop, tour guide, ticket shack, and manager. I I'm the manager here. Um, so those are my titles, I guess. Um, what would you like to know about next? Yeah.
2: Um, I
0: guess I'm, I'm concerned. Part of this project is like thinking about the interactions between places like this and the community around them. And I was gonna wonder like how have you found the relationship of the Mystery Spot to the surrounding community to be? Is it is it kind of antagonistic? Are there are there other you know uh, places or locations, restaurants trying to like cash in on the fame of this place or is it kind of more friendly?
1: What in your experience, like what has that kind of been like? It's a good question. Um, so the relationship I've had with people has obviously been varied. Um, on weekends, because I'm still in high school, I uh, mainly work for weekends, uh, except in summer. So, I'd, weekends are obviously the busiest. Um, it, it can get up to even a thousand, like, um, the max we kind of go is 1,200 people which is a ton, from like 10 to until we stop selling tickets or until we have to cut it off because we don't have enough employees. That's how we go. We don't have a dedicated time. We stop. We try to get it around a certain time, but every now and again, it's a rush. We keep selling. So, um, you know, I, I've met hundreds of thousands of people, basically. I, I've given probably over a thousand tours. Wow. Um, you know on on a- average on like a busy day you can give if you it depending on which tour guide you are you know you can be the first one who will leave you know the the earliest probably about four hours of working or you can be one of the later guides like some of the worst spots you can be is. Eleven thirty to 12 30 so 11 30 12 and twelve thirty. if you're working those you're going to be working the most hours out of everyone most of the time the longest day i've had here is 10 and a half hours um with six or seven tours not a fun day my bank account very much enjoyed it but i did not um so it it, it varies you're going to experience a lot of different kinds of things like i've I've had amazing tours where I actually end up being friends with the people. Like, um, one time, uh, one time I met these, um, I, this was like my first three months in probably, I met these people, um, it was a group of, I believe, seven high schoolers varying from my age to one to two years older, so... Like, you know, I was bonding with them, I I was making specific jokes and, like, tailoring my tours specifically, you know, to, to that. That is what I personally like to do, is I enjoy um, ta- specifically tailoring my tours to people, um, make specific jokes, you know, um, try and work the crowd instead of giving the exact same script over and over again. It um, it helps a very... You know, their experience makes it more enjoyable, but it also makes it more enjoyable for us, all of the tour guides, because you know, if you say the same script five times a day, five times a week, that's, it, it. It gets very mentally taxing, and every tour guide can agree. Every person here can agree. This job can definitely be really mentally taxing over um, time, because you know, some groups you have is just draining. Um, is the, the, the main word it's just kind of like a pain in the ass after a while um and you know m- we work for tips um tips are where most of our income's going to be I, the most I've made in one day is $163 off of four, it was like 14 so I made more in tip than I did like hours yeah um so most people are going to try and you know entertain the groups because it has a profit word at the end yeah um but as I went off a sidetrack, yeah, like as um, one of my favorite stories is like I met these people. I had a great tour with them. I gave them my number. They were visiting from San Jose because um, most people from here don't live here. I'll get to that later. Um, they had a beach house down uh, down here that they're like renting. So I um, I went to I went to the house after meeting them off of you know a tour, and I'm like, hey, if you're gonna kill me, like. Let me at least like see the house first. So, <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so I went over there. You know, they they were all cool, had a good time. Uh, two weeks ago, I ran into one of the people and like at the boardwalk. I was there to visit a friend uh, who works there, and I saw I saw, her, and we talked for a little bit, and you know, I still talk to them to this day. So that was over a year and a half ago. Um, to get more into the, like, dynamic of uh, who's coming here, mainly you're going to get people from San uh, San Jose, that is where most of the people come from, um, San Jose, San Francisco, San Diego, anything with a San in it, you're going to have people come from here, come from there, um, most people coming from up north, you know, you've got, like, Silicon Valley people are mainly coming here, because Santa Cruz is an extremely popular tourist uh, tourist town for, you know, those kinds of people. Um, so, like, they always come down here, go to the boardwalk, then they come here, or vice versa. That is normally what happens. Um, they go to the boardwalk, here, and then go to the beach. Sometimes downtown. And that's about the most in interact- like, that's their time at Santa Cruz. Which is kind of sad because, like, we're we're a pretty small town, but, like, we still got a lot of fun stuff to do here. Like, I I, I gotta make do, (laughs) so I find find things. Um, but not a lot of locals come here. No, you will rarely get people from Santa Cruz, Scotts Valley, anywhere in this county who come to the mystery spot. Um... Like me, I had only been here once Before I got the job here uh, And that was because my family was like Oh, we have some people from out of town coming in Let's go to the mystery spot and show them Santa Cruz yeah. I hadn't even heard of this place I, I've seen the bumper stickers literally everywhere But I never thought to read them uh, Or even care Because I always see it on like Either a broken Civic Or a Prius um, Something about those cars Oh yeah Something about those people <laughs> so, we don't have a lot of people in Santa Cruz coming here, um, and that, like, I, I like to ask people where they come from, yeah, maybe once or twice a week I'll have someone from Santa Cruz, most of the time though it's people who are like, oh yeah, I, like, I, I lived here and I'm bringing my family, uh, I'm coming back, or like, I just moved here and I want to, f- like, I want to figure it out, so, it's weird <laughs> No one's really making money off of us, but us. But there's a lot of people who, you know, don't like this place because it, from um, for, for a few reasons. Like some people don't like this because it it it, it attracts tourists and people from Santa Cruz are very territorial. Like that's what I found is, you know, we don't like people from Silicon Valley because they. Santa Cruz is one of the most expensive places in all of America to live. Yeah. Everything here is about a million dollars more than what it should be. It's It's ridiculous. Um, And it's only gotten worse. Like, 10 years ago when we bought... uh, 13 years ago when we bought the house, it was over half its price. Like, uh, over half its price. And it just keeps going up because lots of people are moving to Santa Cruz. So, they have... uh, They they just commute to San Jose for work. Yeah. Because it's uh, about a 30-minute drive. uh, Super close, so... We don't like people from Silicon Valleys, they crowd our roads, raise our taxes, make everything just kind of more of a nuisance for us, so like no, we don't like the boardwalk or the t- mystery spot because we don't like tourists. Um, and the people around here, like their houses right down here, they hate us, they hate, they hate everyone here, they hate the employees most. Really? Yeah, uh, I mean some of them do, like there's this red jeep. Ooh, he despises us. Um, I, I guess they just—they don't like these guys more um, because you know they—I don't know why they chose to live here. Santa Cruz people don't aren't the biggest fan of the Mystery Spot. You know, it's it's silly, it's funny. It has bumper stickers you see everywhere, but other than that, it's it's pretty hidden. You know, we're obviously out of the way. It's a 10-minute drive in any direction yeah. at like minimum um but that's kind of what it was intended to be yeah um, I'm uh, I guess if you don't have anything
0: kind of in that in that thing, um oh so I, I, there, I have a few more topics and then I'll then I'll let you go
1: oh no I I'm happy to spend as much time here I've I', I Today was my last day of school. I'm technically a senior now. Congratulations. Thank you. So uh, it's summer for me. I don't gotta do shit. So I'm I'm I am i am i am happy to spend this time talking with you. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate you, you taking the time for me. Um, Absolutely. I guess I'm kinda of curious if you like the you know, the kind of expectations that come with certain kinds of jobs, um, kind of like stereotypes. Are there misconceptions about like what you do, or what is like the most surprising thing about actually working at this place versus what people think working at this place is like? Uh, hmm.
1: And I, I don't mean to ask a leading question. If it's oh, yeah. if
0: it's if it's what it says on the tin, it's what it says on the tin. No, no, absolutely. Um,
1: there there are some misconceptions, I, I guess. Uh, it working in kind of like a public speaking job is always going to be kind of difficult um, because, you know, a lot of, like, the friend who recommended this place to me, like, he's he's pretty anti-social. And, like, a lot of people, um, like the person in there, like, he didn't really like talking to people very much. Um, you know, it kind of, it breaks his habits, but also it's, it's still pretty nervous. Um, a lot of people on my tours, like, they... What's always annoying for us on tours is when people try and disprove it as you're giving the tour. Like, they'll, they'll make themselves center of attention or uh, mess with the equipment. Sometimes people bring their own levels and, like, try and disprove it. And, like, I, I completely understand why, but also for us tour guides, it's just really annoying because, like, we're just trying to do a job. Um, it's, like,
0: more confrontational than it should be.
1: Yeah. The, like, also, people... Because, you know, I... This... Most of the tour is going to be jokes. Um, how, how most of us are making this tour. Because we do have a script. Um, but you, you make your own script. You can... Um, when you're first hired here, they send you some... Like they they send you some example scripts of other people's, you can copy and paste the whole thing, but most of the people uh, like me, uh, at least, I I wrote my entire script and just like went off of it. We have guidelines we have to fill, uh, like check boxes for every area. Sure. Like you have to give this information, this information, and do that. Everything else, though, it's your own. It's it's your time.
2: Yeah.
1: And everyone has their own modifications and uh, specific ways they like to do it. Some people go faster in some areas or skip others entirely. Um, So it's you know it's a really personal thing, and it's it's annoying when people are just like, "Oh, you're reading a script, aren't you?" It's like, "Well, yeah," because what do you expect me to do? (laughs) Hey guys, I'm Connor. So what do you guys want to talk about? Wait, I'm supposed to do my job? Oh, oh, I forgot. Yeah, so it's like... I don't know. It, you encounter a lot of people, Not like, some of them are going to be really nice and be really memorable, and some others will be memorable in a bad way. Like, I, the amount of people who've come up to me and just, like, insulted me, said, like, oh, this is, like, that was a... Ooh, this one was one of my favorites. Um, after the entire tour was done, um... They came up to me and was like, oh, here's a tip, get better jokes, and walked away. I was 15. <laughs> I was fi- that was my first month working. <laughs> I'm like, will do, 60-year-old man who gave me the death stare the entire time. Like, You, you get literally every kind of people I've had every type, I, I have had every type of person, every, some people who laugh at every single thing I say, even if it's not funny, uh, to people who I make a, a damn good joke and then they just death stare me for, like, the entire time, um, and everything in between, and, you know. Inside our ticket shack, we have a bunch of, like, quotes or things written on the walls literally covering the entire area. It is just, you know, funny things. And it's 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 hilarious to read it because, you know, most of them come from the past uh, eight years or so. So pretty recent, uh, comparative to, you know, the creation of this place. But, like, it is it is hilarious. One of my, like, best friends, Brie, uh, she had a guy Who um, during the tours, you know, we pour water on the board show, like to show as an example. A guy said, "Shower me." Went under the water and started like washing himself. She ran into him a few months later, and he says that he was gonna come back and bring um, like shampoo and conditioner. Like it is, it is absolutely mind-boggling the kinds of people you'll get here because. Like, when you, encou- when you give a thousand tours to max 28 people, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I've given people tours of, like, almost 40. Um, like, you're, you, you will get every type of person. The main reason I stayed was the co-workers here. I, I love I almost every one of my co-workers. Um, we hire a very good selection of people. Like, I have met my girlfriend here. Some of my best friends I've ever had have came from here. Basically, everyone I've worked with, I've had a good connection with. People who've, you know, quit, I, I still am in contact with. Um, and then also, we just have a really good environment here. Like,
0: I guess the... the I've kind of two final, final, final thoughts. Absolutely. Um, and the first is, like, have you, or, like, who else, um, is there anything else, like, you want to kind of, like, add as, as an, as an addendum? Is there anyone else here that I should, like, talk to for a different perspective, or, uh, kind of open the floor to
1: you? I mean, most, a lot of people are going to give the exact same answers, uh, because we all have similar experiences, and, you know, we, <laughs> like, a lot of us, you know, moving right inside, like, I, he's one of those, like, people that are, I am now super tight with. And, like, when when people who work here hang out, we will eventually talk. In that same... Like, we will always bring up the mystery spot. Like, uh, lots of us have dreams that takes take place here. Like, Ruben, like, most of his dreams take spot here. Um, I've had, like, a few nightmares here before. Uh, actually, technically, any dream I've had here is a nightmare, but... <laughs> um but you know it's you're gonna have a lot of similarities um between answers we do have a lot of different kinds of people though like um Maurice he's worked he just hit his 10 years uh or is about to uh my other manager Rachel she hit nine years four days ago Wow. Uh, I, I asked her like why, why do you still work here like she's like oh I love this job I'm like I, I don't plan to get another job so like I don't know it, it you'll find weird people like that and we've had we've had very weird people we have very weird people uh, everyone here is unique <laughs> I'm no exception um, The final question I have to ask uh, only because I'm I'm interested
0: and I've asked kind of everyone so far, Mm -hmm. Um, and you can, you can define the word, uh, supernatural however you want, but I guess my question is, have you ever had what you would describe as a supernatural experience?
1: Oh no, (laughs) this place ain't supernatural, it's all rigged. Like, if you want, I could even, like, tell you how.
0: Oh, I, if you, if you'd like, we can do that off the record.
1: Um, Oh, I don't care. But I just mean more, more, uh, more abstractly. Yeah, I saw Bigfoot in the woods take a kid. Now I love telling kids that. though. I'm like, hey, <laughs> if, it, if you don't shut up, I'm gonna like Bigfoot's gonna get you. God, I love messing with kids on my tours. It's so fun. Every now and again, when they're just being like annoying, I'll uh, I'll stop talking, push them up to the front, and tell them to give the tour for me. They don't talk for the rest of the tour. It is amazing their parents love it they always tip me um, supernatural though I don't I don't really think so every like it could be <laughs> like one worker here um, whats his name Jason uh, he he always believed in this spot he thought it was you know supernatural he thought this was the heart of the forest um, he I can go on about him for hours. <laughs> I, I, I can't really think of any supernatural things here. Um, yeah. you know. and, I mean,
0: and sorry again, not, yeah. not not a leading. I'm not like. Yeah, no. I'm I'm you. I'm not planning
1: experience. to make things up to like help yeah. your interview. I'm telling I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the fact.
0: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Um,
2: um,
0: but yeah, that's that's pretty much all all I've got. I am I I am I'm curious. I'll I'll turn the recorder off and then if you want to let me know how it uh, how it works behind the scenes, you don't have to turn the recorder off. Mm. Well, I don't I don't want to be tempted to expose the secrets. No, you can go for it. She already asked about
2: beast with the vortex. What? She already
0: asked about beast of the Oregon Vortex. Oh yeah. Oh so <laughs> we were uh, you know, a previous stop sorry, that's my that is my girlfriend here on yeah. the thing. Uh, yeah. not a not a uh, serendipitous passer yeah. um, but we, we were at the Oregon Vortex a few a few days ago. Um, and there were tour guides who were from here. And they worked at the Winchester Mystery House. Oh, yeah. But they were kind of describing there appeared to be some animosity between the vortex and the
1: mystery spot. I mean, okay, so how how I know it as is that you know, we got Confusion Hill that we also beef with um, at, at their place uh, when it, like, in the exit, it has, like, uh, if you didn't like us, uh, if you if you want to, like, rate us bad on Yelp, with a mystery spot, and um, I talked to the I talked to the guy here. He's like, "Oh yeah, the mystery spot. I like that place. They have tour guides." As he's like a six year old like redneck dude. Um, Oregon Vortex, though. I mean, sure we have like we have the beef, but also it's all all jokes. Cause none of us really give a shit.
0: Our interview did go on, but I will keep what I've learned there. I'll I'll take those secrets with me to the grave, or. Perhaps to Patreon, I'm not entirely certain at this point. Um, But yeah, it was a really awesome, really informative uh, interview with someone who was really happy to be there, and uh, I was really happy to speak with him. Um, And that was the, uh, the interview at the Santa Cruz Mystery Spot. Join me next time for a brief rundown of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum in Felton, California and a lovely chat with its owner, Michael Rugg. Next week, on My Cryptid Vacation.
3: I guess I grew up on an older road Pedal to the metal, always did what I was told Till I found out that my brand new clothes Came secondhand from the rich kids next door when I grew up fast, I guess I grew up mean There's a thousand things inside my head I wish I ain't seen And now I just wander through a real bad dream Feeling like I'm coming apart at the seams Well, thank you, Jack Daniels, old number
0: seven My Cryptid Vacation is a podcast recorded, edited, and produced by me, Clovis. If you like what I do, Please consider supporting the show at Patreon.com/slash/ClovisTheFox. Special thanks to Connor O'Brien Kerr, without whom this episode would have been significantly less interesting. The outro music is a cover of "Old Number 7 by The Devil Makes Three. My Cryptid Vacation is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution-NonCommercial-ShareAlike non-commercial 4.0 International License.
3: Shoes. Tell me what it is that I should do when I'm swimming in the liquor only halfway through. So I'm watching as his wings spread as wide as could be. Come on now and wrap them around me, cause all I wanna do is fall asleep. Come down here and lay next to me. Oh, thank you, Jack Daniels, old number seven. Tennessee whiskey got me drinking in heaven And uh, up here the bottle never runs dry And you never wake up with those tears in your eyes Oh, thank you, Jack Daniels, old number seven Tennessee whiskey got me drinking in heaven And uh, angels start to look good to me They're gonna have to deport me to the fiery deep